Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 25th of September 2012. For newcomers, I always suggest you make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. There's lots of audios for free download there and lots of links too where you can go through basically the reality, the higher reality that's above the media. The media is there for spinning and conditioning you. There's a higher reality there and it's really incredible just how much effort and organization has been put in over the last hundred odd years with big funding from your taxes generally to create big organizations which control every facet of society, including all the trends that you, you, you follow, your cultural changes that you follow and adapt to, and even the music that you like and, and so on. It's all done in a very scientific way. So I go into that, I go into the big organizations that came together in the 1800s, who were the international bankers, by the way. They already ruled a good part of the world through empires because they owned the countries that were the heads of the empires. And uh, and they decided to take over the world's resources, all the resources, including all, all the collateral, even human collateral and human resources. That's what we're called now uh, in, in manpower, human resources, just like trees and so on. So I go into the history of it. They're after the water supplies, the food supplies, and then altering the people themselves, the basic people down below who lived just like people did in medieval times. They didn't know very much. They thought they did but they didn't know much at all about the higher reality above them. We're, we're still the same way today. Actually, we're dumber. We're a lot dumber because more science has been used upon us to convince us otherwise. So help yourself there. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers as guests and I don't uh, get paid by advertisers and I have no shares in any, any product being sold to make you live forever and ever. So uh, all I have is uh, the donations and the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And as I said before, this is more than just a a one-hour presentation at night. It's an all-day job, believe you me, and it's seven days a week, and you don't get any holidays either. So it's a a hard task, but that's what I put myself to, because somebody had to come out and start changing even the direction of the whole patriot movement that was navel-gazing and didn't think it was affecting anybody outside the U.S. They thought it was all to do with internal takeovers within the U.S., and they didn't know this was a, a worldwide organization bringing the whole world in tune and in step along the same path to total, total domination. So it's done some good at least. So if you want the books and discs at cuttingthroughmatrix.com, uh, I'd really appreciate it. And from the US to Canada, remember you can use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can send cash or you can use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations really are awfully welcome. But as I've said before, people think they come to reality when something hits them personally. A law is passed or they lose their jobs or their homes like the bank crashes. And they think they're, they're, they suddenly jump into what's really going on. And there's lots of uh, real information, uh, uh, flawed information, 
distorted information, spun information out there to trap you back into it. They don't want you at the top to get out of your trap. You've been conditioned your whole life not to see what truth is. And even your behavior, your own personal behavior, you have to question because you've all been conditioned to, to be self-destructive. Self-destructive towards yourself. Uh, you won't have a family generally. If you do, it's dysfunctional. And, uh, and of course, the media and entertainment system, which is the cultural industry, make sure that that happens. No one's happy with any partner because you're not supposed to be in this day and age. And therefore, you're at the mercy of those who rule you. Very, very simple. Very simple. And the big boys talked about this a long time ago and published many, many books about it. Isn't it odd that top capitalists wanted to end the family unit the same as the Karl Marx did too and Lenin? Because because the bankers funded the other boys. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're talking about the real world, not the one that you're given by the media and your pals around you because they've all been conditioned as well by the same data overload from the same sources. That's how you're trained. It starts with school and then your, your media takes over and, uh, and movies and fiction and you're, you're being prepared for what's to come next and next and next and next. It's called predictive programming. It sounds familiar, so you think it must be inevitable that this sort of thing must happen. And it's all basically stored in your subconscious. Your conscious mind doesn't take lots of it in and you bring it up to, to, to peruse it once in a while, but your subconscious has got it there. So therefore, when the real thing happens, you think, oh, I guess that's normal. That's called progress, etc., etc. And you don't check it or even uh, find out why someone is defining a particular thing as progress. Now, that's, that's how perfect the training is. It really is perfect training. and Everyone's being trained. When you see trends put out, trends are very old ideas. didn't start with a computer. And uh, the, the newspapers, remember, were owned back in the, the 30s and 40s by a handful of people who got together to decide how many newspapers they needed that would influence all the rest of the newspapers. And in other words, they didn't make the leads and the rest would simply follow them. And, and they came up with it. And it's all the big boys of Rockefellers, etc., that, that sat there and made up the, the collection of newspapers that would control the whole nation. And uh, today it's much, much easier with this instant access to to a computer and cell phones and everything else. It's all coming from the same sources. People never question the, the data that's stuffed into them. And every year more people are born, once they're five and six and seven years of age, uh, they don't question either uh, the system that they're born into at that moment, at that time. They think it must be quite natural because the adults would stop if it wasn't good for them. We've all been, we've all been through it, you see. Now, I've gone through the history, a lot of the history to do with depopulation in the past and uh, the big organizations that were funded by the big boys, the big club that started this whole world empire business and how they funded it. And they've got so many organizations out today with depopulation and elevating uh, different kinds of people who are gender differences and so on up to the top above all the rest. And the media makes a big deal like it's this great thing. Isn't this wonderful? Is it really? Why is it wonderful? Why are they telling us it's wonderful? How come the end of the family unit, as you know it, had to be destroyed? As I say, the top bankers who, who funded the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, and the Fabian Society, uh, also funded the communists, who also wanted the same goal. How come? No one thinks about it. 
Now, in Canada, it says opposition MPs questioned the motives behind a call by Conservative Member of Parliament Stephen Woodworth to study the criminal code definition of a human being. They say it naturally leads to a debate on abortion. Opposition MPs questioned the motives behind a call by Conservative MP Stephen Woodward to study the criminal code def- definition of human being. And it says that um, NDP and Liberal members of Parliament raised the question in speeches Friday that called for their colleagues to vote against Conservative MP Stephen Woodward's uh, motion to study when life begins. Like it's a big mystery or something. Woodward's private member's motion would set up a special parliamentary committee to examine the current definition of a human being. That definition says a child becomes human when it's fully exited its mother's body. And they're trying to, to change it all until you can kill children up to the age of three. You don't extend it from then on. You understand, eventually it'll go into any age group. The government has declared there's too many folk in this area, this sector, so everyone at this certain age are born on this particular day to turn yourselves in for annihilation. And you think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding at all. I know where it's all going. It's supposed to. The problem is, too, people will start to accept it. Like Logan's Run, the movie. Watch it. MPs spent an hour last April debating the motion. Friday was the second uh, allotted hour of debate with a vote coming next Wednesday. Uh, Woodworth says the definition found in Section 223 of the Criminal Code is based on a 400-year-old British law that should be updated to reflect modern medical and scientific knowledge. Modern medical and scientific knowledge. What a liar this guy is. Section 223 falls under the homicide provisions of the criminal code, which define what constitutes homicide, causing the death of a human being. So they simply rule it out you're not a human being, and that's it. And it goes into fertilized egg is not a class of people. Liberal MP Massimo Passetti said new Democrat MP Irene Matheson pointed to Woodworth's admission that he is opposed to abortion, arguing uh, putting limits on the procedure is his end goal. So they, they go into it all as they go through this, this fight to, to decide for all of us, mind you, what's to happen in the future. Is that why you vote people into politics? Is that what government's supposed to be about? Hmm? So I'll put this link up tonight. And it's strange this today because, you see, the trend idea I mentioned earlier uh, is always being put upon you and you're unaware of it. You'll hear similar things or related things from uh, the same sources at the same time or within a few days of each other, and it's all to embed itself into your subconscious mind. The, the neuroscientists talk about this technique very openly. It's common. It's, it's very simple. And they're way beyond that simple technique as well. Now, going back to the big boys who helped plan this part of the system you're living through today, who talked about it could convince the public to do anything. Bertrand Russell uh, worked with quite a few organizations, world organizations, uh, they were given top clearance by the, the British authority, the London authority, let's call it that, and the US authorities to create new cultures for the Western world, especially in, in America. And um, he said that. He says eventually, uh, with the proper techniques and scientific techniques, we'll be able to convince anybody of anything. And they're, they're, they have arrived at that point, you understand. And it works awfully well. He also said, too, they create a narcissistic, hedonistic people for the Western cultures, as they'd bring them down. Fewer would have children, he said. And they'd promote all the different things you're hearing today. Special people get up to the top, and the folk that used to be the old kind, the normal kind, now were kind of blasé.
So here comes narcissism to the extreme and it's getting worse and worse all the time. That article I put out yesterday to do with the, the big, uh, I call it the plump fest down in San Francisco, all these folk dressed and, and the spandex with all their flab and fat hanging out. You know, it's getting so bad. Now here's an article here. Here comes a single bride. Last week Nadine Schweigert married herself. She got married to herself in a symbolic wedding ceremony. The 36-year-old divorced mom of three wore blue satin, etc., patched a bouquet of white roses as she walked down the aisle before 45 friends and family members in North Dakota and Fargo. She vowed to enjoy inhabiting my own life and to relish a lifelong love affair with my beautiful self, reports Fargo's forum newspaper. So you see, you see more and more of this, and you're actually seeing the effects of conditioning and mental illness. Raised as something that's to be applauded, you see. Feel good about yourself. You deserve it. All the ands you've had for all these years, go on. Just do it. France, of course, is set to ban the words father and, and mother from all official documents under the controversial plans to legalize homosexual marriage. They say gay here, but gay is discriminatory against other folk because that would mean that only homosexuals are happy, you see. So they're set to, to, to ban it. It says the move which has outraged Catholics means only the words word parents would be used in identical marriage ceremonies for all heterosexual and same-sex couples. The draft law states that marriage is a union of two people of different or the same gender. And that goes on and on and on. So this is a big, big agenda that's been on the go for an awful long time. And you should perhaps question those who do get up to power and what their goals are and what you're really putting into power. Maybe it's a natural order done through history, the worst ones. Like, you know, everyone who's got the great behind their name, you know, they're generally of that persuasion. And they love slaughtering people in the battlefield and having statues of men half naked and stuff all surrounding them. That's not kidding. That's how it is. Now, here's this one too comes in. This is, see, what I'm talking about is trends. This is a trend that's been put out for the last, last week, these articles, to get you conditioned to things to come. Denmark is tightening rules on sperm donation after one donor was found to have passed on a rare genetic condition to at least five of the 43 babies he's thought to have fathered. And it's neurofibromatosis type 1 uh, produces tumors that affect the nervous system and the affected sperm is thought to have been used in 10 countries. It's the joys of something they're trying to applaud as a wonderful thing. The sperm bank has been criticized for failing to screen for the condition. Donors will now only be allowed to donate enough for 12 inseminations. Denmark has liberal sperm donation policies appeal to women who want to conceive using artificial insemination. The Copenhagen sperm bank Nordisk's cryobank said it was aware of five babies that had been born with the NF1. The clinic's director, Peter Bauer, told agents uh, France Press that the confidentiality rules meant he was unable to give details on how old the children were or where they lived. But he said the donor was known to have provided sperm to women prior to October 2008 in countries inside and outside Europe. He said Nordisk Cryobank did not stop using the sperm immediately because it couldn't be sure the donor was responsible for passing it on to the, to the, the condition. So he says the donated sperm was used by 14 different fertility clinics and they're shaken and shocked, etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this disease can produce a wide range of symptoms from unusual skin pigmentation to serious and disfiguring non-cancerous tumors, which can sometimes turn cancerous. It can also cause learning difficulties, problems with vision, and abnormally curved spine. I've known children that had that, and it's pretty nasty. 
There's no treatment for the condition, but the symptoms can be managed with lots and lots and lots of surgery. It's on this point. Anyway, that's the one article there about that. But then you go into this one, and here's the retaliation trying to make you sound like it's a wonderful, happy thing. And it starts off, and again, Denmark, and there's this real dweeb of a guy on a bicycle that's shaped like a spermatozoon, right? Imagine him a job where you're riding a bike. It's supposed to be a spermatozoon. And it says, uh, selling a potential father for, uh, for your children, it turns out it's not unlike shopping online. A lot of our clients typically want their donor to be at least 180 centimeters or 5 feet 11 inches tall. And of blue eyes is Peter Bauer, director of Nordic Cryobank, the one I just mentioned there that's given out all this, all this bad sperm. This is the retaliation you see to try to overcome the bad news. It says customers narrow their computer search to eliminate men who are under or over a certain weight in kilos. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're talking about the trends that are put out deliberately at the same time to condition you and to get you to accept things as being quite normal as they change gears and go the next step and the next step and the next step and prepare your minds in advance to accept it all as being quite natural. And you, you never think it's a big, big agenda here to eliminate the old type of humanity. It's to ordinary folk. You see, it isn't just sperm donors and so on. They want to get into the sperms and the mitochondria and alter everything you see and get perfect little dweebs that will serve them well at the top, but eliminate all the rest. It's happening anyway. Folk are going sterile. That's why a lot of folk are using these sperm bags. The rest of them just don't like guys. But anyway, it's selecting a, a father for your children turns out it's not unlike shopping online. And the customers narrow their computer search to eliminate men who are under or over a certain weight in kilos. Then they can click on the candidate's profile and for a fee, download an audio interview and photograph of him as a baby. It's probably all fake, but it doesn't matter. Staff also provide a few sentences giving their impression of donors, a physical description or an illuminating detail. Like this one's more bucks than the last one, I guess. is all they do with bucks in the end is they do a big marketing campaign here to sell. Anyway... None of the information will identify the individual unless he has chosen to be traceable. In Denmark, spam donation does not have to come with a name and telephone number, unlike in Britain and in a fast-increasing number of other European countries. And it's just made Denmark something of a mecca for foreign women who want to conceive by artificial insemination because it's got no shortage of officially screened and tested semen. Well, I just mentioned the one before the same clinic has given out duff stuff that's creating awful children, you know, children with awful problems. Danish clinics which provide insemination, often for a fraction of the price of similar treatment in the UK, have three main types of customer, lesbian couples, heterosexual couples and single women. It's the final category which is growing by far the fastest, it says. So, again, a lot of this is PR as well, too, you know. But anyway, so samples are delivered from the sperm bank to be aptly, aptly named Stork Clinic. Stork Clinic, oh ha ha, across Copenhagen in the industry's latest gimmick, which is a bicycle in the shape of a single sperm cell. Which, which dweeb would pedal that through the streets? Huh? Deep frozen in liquid nitrogen, the samples are stored in a spherical head of the sperm. The bicycle is just in front of the handlebars. I guess it's... It's simply simulate being horny. Anyway, it says the, the, the premises are the epitome of Scandinavian design and all the rest of it. 
And then they go through their big PR that they want the women to feel like queens and all the rest of it. They want their bucks is what they want. And I'll tell you something. They do tamper. They do tamper with the ovum and the sperm. And they follow you down through life, those children. And all these countries, because there's bigger powers above us at the top that authorized it all. To see what what they've created, you understand. Constant sampling and testing for the fools who use it. And here's another one, and this is from the BBC as well. Now, when it comes from the top, you know you're getting trends to, to, to shape your mind so that everything's normal now, you see. This is what they're trying to tell you. Everything's normal. All that old stuff is gone. This is normal now. This is the new normal. Why would people be given massive grants to study this article? Eunuchs reveal, eunuch, right? Reveal clues to why women live longer than men. That's how they present it. You understand the headline is always a, a psychological presentation to throw you off what they're really getting at. But it says that um, castration had a huge effect on the lifespans of Korean men, according to an analysis of hundreds of years of eunuch family records. Now, someone's getting paid big bucks to go through all this. They lived up to 19 years longer than uncastrated men from the same social class and even outlived members of the royal family. It says the study is published in the journal Current Biology. Uh, castration before puberty prevents a shift from boy to man. One of the scientists involved in the study, Dr. Chiel Koo Lee from Korea University, said the record said that eunuchs had some women-like appearances, such as no moustache, hair, large breasts, big hips, and thin, high-pitched voices. A lot of people are like that today because they're getting dosed with estrogen and estrogen mimickers, as you can obviously see. Eunuchs had important roles in many cultures, from protecting harems to castrati superstar-seeking sensations. And then it goes, it goes on about how wonderful it all was. It says they couldn't have children their own, so they adopted girls or castrated boys. And then they got into the reasons for it, you know, and they come to conclusions that perhaps testosterone is bad for you. And what's the point of all this? Well, they're trying to tell you to be more female and let them do something to you. They're already doing a lot to you already, as I say, look around you. The physical appearance of a lot of guys has completely changed. They've been getting dosed with these xenoestrogens and inoculations. And remember that the estrogens alone in the bisphenol A's hits you from the age of 8 to 12 weeks in the womb if you're a male. And you ain't going to be a proper fella later on. And you'll probably be sterile. And the UN's own records validate all this stuff. Because they're all happy with it. That's why they never change it. All these things are causing it. They're awfully happy with it. But they keep telling you that the biggest thing, a problem in the West is, for the for people in the West it is, not for the UN, is infertility, the most growing problem that they have. Why do you think that is? Isn't that odd that the big boys talked about sterilizing most of the folk a hundred years ago? And they've had meetings every year, world meetings about the same thing. And it's happening. Is that just coincidence? You've got to break through into reality, folks. It's not happening by itself. And it's not a mistake. It's not oversights. Oh, we didn't notice. Oh, we made a mistake. No, it's none of that stuff. This is a plan. Get used to it. It's a plan. And again, too, trend, trend, trend. It's all in the same, it's all related. Department of Education is giving morning after pills and other birth control drugs to students at 13 high schools. The post has learned school nurse offices stocked with contraception can dispense plan B, emergency contraception and other oral or injectable birth controls to girls without telling parents. Back with more 
after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix and going through this set of trends that's come out recently as to we're all getting prepared for things to come. And it will tie in with many other articles, too, at the high, highest level, and, uh, and certainly do. But this article here is about New York and how the schools are just dishing out contraceptions, morning-after pills, and even injections without telling their parents and so on. That's common pretty well everywhere because that's a big UN agenda they're all on board with. Mind you, all they get taught at the school now is sex, 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 and then they watch nothing but music television where it's all about sex, sex, sex. So uh, monkey see, monkey do, and that's what folks do. It's so easy to train the general public, especially if you grab them young, you see. And tonight, too, I'll put up this article. It's People have heard of, of the Millennium Goals for the United Nations. It's also called Agenda 21. Well, they're updating it into the next phase. Now that they've got everything else worked out, they're going to the next phase. This is the UN panel starting work on a post-2015 development vision faces huge pressure to cover issues left out of the original goals. So they're, making, they're getting all the rest of the stuff in now to decide uh, who to consult and how to set measurable targets. And it goes into all the money they're getting and they want millions more and hundreds of millions more and they're showing it across the planet. Basically, for, you know, it's for, it's for against depopulation and so on. But, uh, and taking over the land, etc., etc., and energy and everything else for the big corporations. But it says the MDGs, which were, were agreed at a meeting in New York September 2000, set out eight specific and ambitious goals. Goals for the international community. What is the international community, folks? Just because you keep hearing something, is it real? including eradicating extreme poverty and hunger, achieving universal primary school education, and reducing childhood mortality rates. Well, they do that by not having as many children, because they sterilize lots of them, the, the adults, you see. They're so clever the way they word things, but you have to go into their actual articles. And some of those goals in some countries are expected to achieve by the 2015 deadline. This is the redistribution of wealth as well, remember, folks. It goes to these big NGOs under the umbrella of the United Nations. Others most definitely will not. But the MDGs have an enormous impact on the international donor community. So you're the international community, and you're also the international donor community, no matter if you said yes or no to it. And so everybody knows what's at stake and how important this is, says Olaf Kjörven, director of the Bureau of Development Policy. Development policy is not a very vague thing. At the United Nations Development Program, so now everyone with a particular interest will want to make sure their particular issue is covered in the next framework. The activists lobbying the hardest are likely to be those whose issues were ignored completely by the MDGs. Topics like climate change, human rights, when we define human rights, non-communicable diseases and economic inequality were all left out of the MDGs. It's a straight out of the Communist Manifesto, isn't it? And that was all a farce as well, in reality. Deciding on the key issues will be a tall order for the com- committee, officially known as the High-Level Panel on the Post-2015 Development Agenda, but the committee members will also have to deal with questions such as whether to set measurable targets and to focus on ends rather than means, so get there any way you can. <laughs> the findings will then be presented to the United Nations Member States for consideration September 2013. 
So it's going to be full steam ahead with the same agenda. It never stops, you see. It's an ongoing agenda. It's a never-ending story. And it's all planned. It's all planned over a hundred years ago. Every step of it. Right down to how long it would take per generation to alter each faction of society to accept these things. Timelines. You see. Getting back to the original one with, with the, the trends that you've already have soaked into your heads without thinking much about them, but you're, you're conditioned by them. Look at the way that the media pitches this to, to you. It's a great thing. A Chinese hospital has introduced a special machine to collect sperm automatically. This is a big fun thing. Eh? The screen in the machine plays pornography while the sperm collection pipe adjusts according to the height of the donor. Users must wear condoms, and they can also adjust the machine's frequency, speed, force, and temperature. It's a vibrator, for God's sake. And it's made in China. It ain't going to last long. It's according to Dr. Zhu Gojing, director of the urology department of Zhengzhou Central Hospital in Henan Province. The machine has been used for six months by around ten men a day. Now, why is China concerned about collecting sperm? See, they're also in on the same thing of creating new slaves for the future, more, even more obedient, fitter, longer-lasting at work, and they probably won't even need any entertainment, especially to get them these kind of machines and stuff, and lots of batteries. However, contrary to the internet reports the machine is used for sperm donation, Dr. Zhu said it is mainly used by infertile men to collect sperm for medical examinations. Who's kidding who? Like, they're really worried about infertility in China. Have you read their articles from their own? See, we have the G20 for the West, but the same boys who set up the G20, which is the Royal Institute for International Affairs and CFR, set up one for China, because they'd be the big boys over in the Far East, over Australia, New Zealand, and so on. And they have their own group of, of, of uh, uh, I think it's 77, it's called, and they demanded that we follow their examples in depopulation, by the way, if you read their articles. Go on and read them. You won't see the mainstream talking about them, but you'll find them. He said the best way for sperm donation is still masturbation, as condoms may have spermicidal powders or layers. This machine is mainly for the use of medical examination for infertile men, some of whom have difficulties masturbating to collect sperm, he says. And this is coming soon to hospital near you, folks. Well, I tell you, eh? But anyway... We've been hit by so many things at the same time, and that's how they do total war. I hope you understand this is called total war, what you're going through, what you've been living through, and what's to come. Total war meant destruction of all the old system that worked, and destruction of all the things that would stand up against the new regime, and then replacing gradually and conditioning each generation to accept the new. And it's all happened pretty well. But they're not finished with it yet. You've got to still kill off, dumb down a certain amount of people in the present to bring down the populations. When they had their big world meetings and Kissinger had his, his, his world meetings on depopulation, put his bills through for fast takedown of the third world countries, he said it was the greatest enemy of the state was overpopulation in other countries and at home. <laughs> that, that was a little bit in brackets. And in the West, what they would do was give you crippling diseases. Crippling diseases would make you ineligible for a, a, a partner, you see. And that's happened too to a lot of people. But no, but in the, in the third world countries, because of very little news coming out of them, and the media are, are all owned by the same boys that create this whole world system, they wouldn't mention the fact that it would be dying off like crazy with different diseases. 
but take it west down with slow, debilitating degenerative diseases. Dangerous banned vaccine repackaged and given a new name, it says. Yet again, the UK government has allowed a previously banned and dangerous vaccine into the UK market by repackaging it and giving it a new name in a bid to deceive parents. Well, of course, that's the only reason it's been done. The first time the UK government tried this tactic and succeeded was in 1988 when the JCVI, which is Joint Committee on Vaccinations and Immunisations, sanctioned the MMR vaccine Plusarix for use in the UK. Plusarix had previously been banned in Canada because it caused thousands of children to suffer irreversible side effects as a result. The vaccine went on to cause the same devastation in the UK. As says Dr. Lucia Tom, Tom Linovic gave a full description of these devastating side effects, including encephalitis, bilateral deafness and meningitis. In her paper, the paper is called The Vaccination Policy and the Code of Practice of the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization. Are they at odds? Appalled at the committee's behaviour, she exposed exactly what was being said behind the closed doors of the UK's JCVI. She wrote this. Uh, this, instead of, thus, instead of re-evaluating the vaccination policy, at least until safety concerns were fully evaluated, the JCVI chose uh, to support the existing policy based on incomplete evidence that was available at that time. So they weren't caring about safety. One child who became profoundly deaf in one year after receiving the now-banned vaccination, Katie Stevens, still fighting for compensation to this day, but good luck in getting it. Her mother, Wendy Stevens, is furious at the daughter's treatment, told the Telegraph in a recent article, she wasn't born this way. This was done to her by the Department of Health. They distributed pamphlets arguing that this was the right thing to do for your child, and not just that, but the right thing to do for herd immunity. That is true. We're, we're, it's a herd now. We're farmed in the UK against these three illnesses. Obviously not learning from the error of their ways, the UK government has once again potentially put thousands of lives at risk by reintroducing a banned, this time unlicensed, vaccine onto the UK market. In June 2012, the single mumps vaccine Medipumps uh, cultured on dog kidney cells was advertised for use at a number of private clinics as an alternative option to the MMR. It has since been discovered, however, that Medimumps is in fact the banned, unlicensed vaccine Pavivac. To cover this up, just like the MMR vaccine Plusarex, the vaccine was repackaged and given a new name. Through intensive research, we've learned that on September 13, 2012, the UK's MHRA, which is Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, wrote a press release titled Advertising Investigations. The MHRA wrote this. The MHRA was made aware of information presented on the Children's Immunization Centre website about Medimumps and a related press release. The MHRA was concerned that the information provided an unbalanced view of the safety and efficacy of the vaccine because it did not mention the MHRA's concerns and previous CSM advice or that the product was unlicensed. The product is not licensed. We understood that the Medipumps vaccine is manufactured from the same stock and processed in the same way as Pavivac mumps vaccine. The MHRA acting on advice from independent advisory committees, the Committee on Safety of Medicines, has for a number of years objected to the importation of Pavivac product because there's insufficient information available to assure its safety, quality and efficacy. And it says, don't say we didn't warn you. Amazingly, in May of this year on this very site, there wrote an article called New Vaccine Made from Dog Cells May Trigger Allergy to Dogs. The article highlighted the fact that a new single mumps vaccine had been shipped, slipped to private patients and clinics in the UK through the back door. 
So he goes into the history of it. So they just repackage the same things that are given folk meningitis, encephalitis, and deafness, and brain problems. And they get off with it, folks. They get off with it. It's for the greater good, you know, they keep telling us. The greater good. You know, killing a good law of us and crippling the rest. Also put up this tonight, too, is quite interesting because some of the big corporations, and you think they're independent corporations to do with food. I personally don't. I think that these big inter- big corporations to do with food are all interrelated very, very closely in the big agenda. The big agenda. Because uh, when you go into all the other associations that are into killing a lot of people off across the planet, getting wars on across the planet and killing off different segments of societies, and getting folk at home killed off as well, you find out it takes cooperation between the big boys to do what they're doing. This one is about what everyone was taught was a good thing for them to get them off butter and lard. And if you wonder why folk are really fat today, it's because of what you're eating now is replacing it because your body can't break it down once it's in you. Anyway, it says, In the Kitchen with Mother Linda, says on April 25th, 2001, Procter Gamble put its products Crisco on the auction block just 10 years short of its 100th birthday. Crisco initially made with hydrogenated cottonseed oil. I mentioned cottonseed oil already because why? It has, it has a particular substance in it that sterilizes men especially. You see? This is, is a quintessential imitation food and first to make its way into American kitchens. Gossipol is the chemical. The story of Crisco begins innocently enough in pre-Civil War America when candle maker William Proctor and his brother-in-law, soap maker James Gamble, joined forces to compete with 14 other soap and candle makers. And it says, eventually uh, P&G entered the shortening business out of necessity. In the 1890s, the meatpacking monopoly controlled the price of lard and tallow needed to make candles and soap. P&G took steps to gain control of the cottonseed oil business from farm to factory. By 1905, they owned eight cottonseed mills in Mississippi. In 1907, with the help of German chemist E.C. Kaiser, P&G developed the science of hydrogenation. By adding hydrogen atoms to the fatty acid chain, the revolutionary industrial process transformed liquid cottonseed oil into a solid that resembled lard. Then they had a massive uh, marketing campaign, of course. They brought in guys with Bernays, it doesn't mention here with Bernays, etc., to tell them how good it was for you and how healthy it was and all the rest of it and how they did it all and how they got the whole countries and then the whole world using this substitute, you see, for butter and lard. And out of that, you got margarine. And as I say, you got their Cresco. And it goes on and on and on. But it's really interesting to see what they were up to, uh, the fact that they, they lie about everything, of course, and tell you it's more digestible. It isn't. Folk eat even French fries now. It's all done in that soggy oil. That's GM, of course, from GM plants. Uh, they, they have a hard time digesting it. Support opposed to lard. Apart from that, too, once it's into your blood, your system, and, your, and it becomes fat and you, you can't break it down anymore. That's why there's so many obese folk around. If you didn't know, I'll put this article up tonight for those who want to have a little perusal about it too. And this article here too is interesting. Again, it fits in with, with this meme or trend that's going out right now, you see. Six teams take on new challenges with HHMI Collaborative Innovation Awards. Collaborative Innovation Awards. Big money involved to study these things. 
and governments are throwing your cash at them. Six teams of scientists with wide-ranging expertise will come together to solve challenging problems with the support of new Howard Hughes Medical Institute Collaborative Innovation Awards. It says it will invest $40 million over the next four years to enable the teams to carry out potentially transformative research. The team is each headed by the HHMI investigating through 28 regist- uh, researchers from 20 institutions in the U.S., Germany, and Israel. Each collaborator will receive funds to cover the research budget for the project and the flexibility to pursue their best ideas. Then it's a, a big PR thing and so on. But if you scroll down, you find out what they're really into. And what they're into, they're going to give awards. They gave awards already in 2008 for the previous study to tackle scientific problems such as surveying the effects of gene imprinting on the brain in mice. I mean, they're really concerned about mice. You understand this is for humans, brain imprinting, gene imprinting. And engineering a wireless sensor for monitoring intraocular pressure in patients with glaucoma. Do you really believe this? They don't care about glaucoma. It says... Their investigator, Peter Walter, in 2008 awardee, who led a team of investigating whether manipulating protein quality control pathways could be beneficial for treating disease. Understand, things are used first for warfare purposes in every field, in every area. I hope you realize that. Because if you, if you can manipulate the protein quality control pathways, you can devastate society. Anyway, it says... Walter has collaborated with the University of California, San Francisco, and Science for Life Foundation in Chile, developed small molecules that alter the way cells detect and respond to unfolded proteins and use them to reveal a potential drug target for treating multiple myeloma. I'm sure it was, yeah. Now, this is the music, but I'll be back with more on this article after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix reading an article about uh, collaborative innovation awards and the new challenges for the new uh, bunch of grants given out to study certain things. And they're using animals and insects, but believe you me, they've also used human beings in other areas too. But it's all to do with us, not the insects. This is investigator Danny Reinberg, after 2008 award recipient, or he was another one, says his collaborative innovation teams work on epigenetic influences on behavior. That's like switching certain enzymes and proteins and, 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 so, uh, and hormones on and off. They can do it permanently if they want to. Has opened up an important new avenue of research in his lab. In 2008, Reinberg biochemist recruited Shelley Berger, an expert on gene regulation at the University of Pennsylvania, and Jürgen Liebig, a leader in the study of insect societies from Arizona State University, to help him explore whether epigenetic regulation Changes that affect gene activity without altering DNA sequence influences the stereotypical behavior of members of different social castes within ant societies. You understand they're awfully concerned about ants. Do you really believe that? It's for people, folks. Since then, Reinberg's project teams determine the complete genome sequences of two specimens, blah, blah, blah. And, but this is all to do with, with people that always use everything else except people. But actually they do use people as well too. I've got articles about that. There's lots of them actually. And I put this one up tonight as well. Also, Health Canada is reviewing results of French research. 
Health Canada said Thursday will take action if its review of a new study that found Canadian-grown genetically modified corn is linked to elevated risks of cancer, organ damage and premature death in rats demonstrates a risk to Canadians. Don't believe it, folks, because Canada was a guinea pig for all this GM stuff. It came out at the time when we found out from Britain it was protesters against the GM uh, food uh, when Blair was in uh, that leaked it to Canada. We don't want to be like Canada. I mean, we're obviously know what they're talking about. Canadians have been eating this stuff for 10 years because the government, and it came out in the papers after that, had made a secret deal with Monsanto and others to test out on us. So they know what it does to us. So don't believe they're going to have a, uh, do anything about it. This is the agenda, folks. And it says, modified corn is linked to elevated risk of cancer, organ damage, premature deaths in rats, and demonstrate a risk to Canadians. They know exactly what it's been doing to Canadians, because a National Health Service, everything's fed into central computers in Ottawa, immediately from every doctor's office and hospital and so on. It's a perfect place to do the study. That's why they chose Canada. I'll put this link up as well. And, of course, this article, too, uh, to do with that particular study, the study finds tumours in rats fed on Monsanto's GM corn from NBC News. That tells you what happens. And, but they've known this all along. All along. And <laughs> talking about sperm and so on and so on and so on, what they're up to, public consultation launched on techniques to prevent transmission of mitochondrial diseases. Mitochondrial and cytoplasm, the Human Fertility and Embryology Authority. Do you know you had a Human Fertility and Embryology Authority? Did you know that? Has it launched a public consultation to gather people's views about the social and ethical impact on new techniques to prevent mitochondrial diseases being passed down the maternal line? See, it all ties in together. This is in the same day, all these stories. Techniques are being developed by Professor Doug Turnbull and colleagues at the Wellcome Trust Centre for Mitochondrial Research at Newcastle University, which opened on 11 September. They involve transferring nuclear DNA, which contains our genetic makeup, between two human eggs to replace defective mitochondria, the batteries that power the cells in our bodies. They said they'd do this a hundred years ago, folks. The big boys, in all their books... They knew where it was all going. And they made it happen. And they even trained us to, to accept it. This was when these batteries fail, patients can develop devastating mitochondrial diseases with symptoms that often affect those tissues most heavily dependent on energy, such as heart, muscles, and brain. So I'll put that one up tonight too. This is all come out at the same time as a, a, just bombing us all with articles. Most folk it filters through their head. But it doesn't stay in their conscious, it, it preps them through the subconscious methods for, oh, well, I guess it's natural. It's natural, you know. It had to be this way. It's called progress, I suppose, you know. Had to happen. Can't stop it, eh? Why do the big boys want all this? They want to have a new species to serve them better down the road. From Hamish Marcella from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.